Hi, I'm Chud X. And I'm Lanny. And this is the world as it is today. Well, hey everybody. We're back from our long winter's nap. That's right. We took a took a little bit of a hiatus there, huh? Hiatus. And when I say we, I mean we as a couple. You didn't. No, I've been, been going, I've been getting going around. Wild. <laughs> getting around i've been doing some podcasting yeah for sure i got a lot of updates on projects i've been working on we could talk about some personal stuff Mm -hmm. it's interesting to sit down together in this format because you and i talk all the time Mm -hmm. (laughs) we we stay updated and abreast of each other's Mm -hmm. (laughs) personal lives Mm -hmm. because we are each other's personal lives (laughs) yeah um so, but to sit down in a way where we're dedicating a conversation without distraction to each other in a basement with a cat. With a cat that's distracting us. Distracting us. Force me, forcing me to pet her head while she shoves her butthole in your face that's right what's now. Happening. That's current. But here we are. We, um, we took a break, I think, around the solstice, the winter solstice. Mm-hmm. We started there. I don't think we record. We didn't record after Christmas. Yeah, it was kind of an idea that wasn't fully like wasn't certain, but like, hey, let's let's maybe not put one out between Christmas and New Year's. Like, uh, let's uh, let's just sort of take a little break. Uh, which, you know, is just for it's you know fun to take a break sometimes and shake things up. That's when there's family around and stuff like that. So okay, cool. Um. But also my work was kind of blowing up at that time too, so I was having I was feeling very little personal time at home. So it was kinda of nice to be able to watch some movies with the kids where we would have been podcasting or something, I suppose. Yeah. You know? Right. And I think also like I've really wanted to focus on taking the time that we need in out in winter. Right. Because I do definitely see a pattern in myself. That comes right around Christmas time, right around solstice, maybe at Christmas, just after Christmas. It's this big, like, drop in any kind of energy that involves going out and doing anything with someone else. Like, but it, I don't actually lose. It's interesting because I, I get maybe a week of that. Maybe between Christmas and New Year's is this, like, real, like, time doesn't exist and you don't really remember when you woke up or fell asleep. And I I tend to like wake up at weird times in the night and just be thinking it's not necessarily negative either. Like it can be, and it has been in the past, but it's not necessarily negative. But then after that new year's time, I still don't want to go out and do anything or be social, but I feel really like inspired and like creative and like all these ideas that I've had throughout the year, just kind of milling around just all of a sudden like come together in this tangible way that I can start working. And then I last year and this year both worked like frantically and creating all this stuff. Last year I created my YouTube channel and learned all those new skills that I needed to do that because I'd never made a video before, um, never uploaded to YouTube, whatever. Uh, This year I started the Greener Postures membership, Mm -hmm. which has been an idea for a while, but I didn't really start working on that until... I was putting it out. Yeah. I was working on it and putting it out in real time. And so I don't re- I think October was when I started the Greener Postures podcast, so I'm sure I've dropped uh, info on that here already. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly. Surely we have. We even we, in our feed we put that um, 
uh, five minute. Oh, uh, the thing on the vegetable oil. Special. Yeah. Spooktacular. Such <laughs> so a smart ass. Um, I, I, yeah. So the Greener Postures podcast is, I just kind of like set some structure for that. So like all of 2023, I'm going to have themes for each month that I'll follow. And those themes will coincide with what I'm working on inside my membership, which will be giving people recipe cards or exclusive videos or group uh, Zoom calls on, on a topic that all relates to also what the podcast is talking about. And then I have scheduled uh, workshops just like I did last year where you don't have to be a member to join. Um, there's certain tiers of the membership where there's uh, the mem- the workshops are included in your monthly membership. Um, and it's a savings to do it that way. Uh, otherwise, you can just sign up for the workshop, which is 40 bucks. And this month, uh, January has been all nourishing foods, and I talked about Weston A. Price and stuff like that. And then I'm actually much more excited about February, which is actually for us as recording tomorrow. Today's the last day of January. That's right. Um, so... I'll be doing canning and that's going to be way more fun. So I've, I've worked on my new book for the canning workshop, which will be February 26th at 3 PM Pacific on zoom. And that's where I will have people live in my kitchen. Like I did before and they get the book that I worked on and has recipes and all these tips and tricks. Basically, if you're a beginner canner, or if you're someone who's canned, but still doesn't feel like it's second nature, uh, or if you're someone who's water bath canned but never pressure canned, this will be really useful, I think. The content I've written up should make it so that it answers all these questions that come up when you're trying to read. Like canning websites and canning books all speak in the same language. And until you know canning and you've done it, it's like really foreign. So I'm trying to fi- uh, bridge that gap there for people so that they can just get started on the right foot and feel really comfortable. Yeah. So that workshop should be really fun. And I'm going to start recording podcasts for, for this month talking about that too. So if you listen to the podcasts, and especially if you're in the membership and you're getting my content from that, which will all be canning related, and if you're in the Telegram group, which comes with the membership or with the workshop, then we're going to be talking about that in there. And by time the end of the month comes around, when I do the actual workshop, people should be like, they have like a, a foundation to like build the information off of. So that's what I've been working on. I made it, I've written a new book and I'm starting on March is going to be all sourdough and I'm doing the same thing. End of the month, I'll have a sourdough workshop. So it's so amazing. You're so well planned out. It's uh, the opposite of my approach to anything in life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. It, it is uh, an opposite approach, but I think both of us, both, um, both ways that we operate have value. And I think that sometimes you remind me that I, I shouldn't overplan certain things because there's so many variables that you can't control. Sometimes planning doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. When I'm talking about just the content I'm going to put out solo, it makes pretty good sense. It makes total sense. But I'm not opposed to like changing what the topic for August is going to be when I get a little closer. Sure. sure. Even though I, I do have them planned out all the way for the whole year. And on the other hand of that too is uh, I plan nothing and I all the time have you going, hey, maybe we should plan for this. It's like in a couple months and I'm like, yeah. And then you kind of push us forward on planning and then I'm like, man, I'm sure glad we planned for that. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's the, that's the membership stuff I've been working on. And then I've also just in the last week finally been like, oh, yes, planning for the spring garden. So... I'm more organized with that this year than I've ever been, and it feels pretty good. Yeah. 
because I know what to expect more, like what I'm going to want. And um, yeah, I just know that it's going to come quicker than I expect, mm -hmm. that I'm going to have wanted to start um, some starts inside sooner, that I'm going to want to plant more tomatoes and prune them and stake them better. <laughs> um, you know, some mistakes that we've made. I know that there are certain things that we need to get done, like like um, transplanting some of our raspberry bushes. So I want to research that a little bit. And I want to make a new raspberry patch this year because we love our raspberries and they're just growing, you know. Yeah, I think we should just expand it out from yeah. where it's at and kind of do away with some other stuff. And kind of move some blueberries and make them go longer rows in yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, something like that. So we've, we've got plans there that we're starting on. And then I placed the order for our meat chicks that we're going to do 25 uh, for our first run anyway, mm -hmm. which we'll receive them in the beginning of April. So we should be processing the first week of June at the latest. Mm -hmm. And we bought a barrel plucker at the last end of last season. Mm -hmm. So we will not be hand plucking for the first time. And I'm looking real forward to that. Yeah. How many birds have we not, done not by that now? I like hated doing it, but it is a time consuming process and not having used this yet. I mean, I've, put it together we've and put sure it together and we ran running, it but yeah. we haven't had a bird that we've we've uh processed since we got it so i'm looking real forward to using that equipment and it might be once we've done it i'm almost certain that once we've done that i'll be like why did we ever do it another way i know <laughs> i know um it is so time consuming to pluck and it's not fun and it's not as clean like but, but it was an expensive investment you know like absolutely. I'm, I'm glad that we did it the way we did it long enough that we will know and appreciate this if we appreciate it yeah exactly you, you that we, well, we have like, something to compare to and then we can figure out what that's. i th i think one it will make the convenience of it like the impact of that greater because we understand what it was to not have it mm -hmm. and then also i think if it does a better job than hand plucking which i think it's going to yeah it's it's going to make like the cleanup and the packaging of the birds before the freezer so much faster it's going to like save my sanity in the kitchen as i'm getting the things ready for the freezer mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And then we're looking at what we're doing for laying hens, uh, as well, which there's a lot of laying hens already sold out for when I wanted to get chicks at the hatcheries that may, uh, ship. So this is where that planning comes in. Yeah. I'm like, dude, we should have placed those orders in October Yeah. for, um, getting them here at the end of and, February. And, and when you were talking that out with me, you were saying we should make the decision in October. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm good with that. And then we'll be ready to place it. Like, like when, in then I realized, oh, no, you're no, saying, like, place, like, place the it order. in October. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, save our spot next time because yeah. where are we now? It's middle of January that I'm looking into this, and every every laying hen, like, all the varieties of pullets, I should specify. I could go and get a million roosters right now if I wanted to, but specifically pullets, that means that they're sexed chicks. Now, get your mind out of the gutter, guys. <laughs> We're talking about they figured out the gender Dude, of the chicks. I like sex and chicks. Oh. <laughs> So they check the, the vents of these things like seconds after they're born and they separate them. So there's some mistakes made, but these people are professionals and they can see something they're, I can't. They're pretty good. They look usually. into the oracle of the eye of the chicken anus <laughs> and they figure out if it's a man or a woman. <coughs> and so they put them into two piles and you can get pullets, which are the females, and you, or you can get cockerels, which are the male chicks. And they're day old and they're shipped the day they're born. They can survive up to, I think, like two or three days without any food or water. After they're born, they're still living off of the what they got from the yolk sac. And so we wanted to get pullets, meaning just females, which we typically just hatch 
chickens. Yep. So I like thinking about knowing ahead of time that we should probably have all females. If we get like 25 and they're all females, it's like, whoa, whoa. like, holy shit. Cause like, we're always hoping, I mean, like if we get, uh, you know, 30, 70, like that's, that's like our average. Yeah. If we were to get 50, 50, we'd be ecstatic. I know. What did we get last time? We have, we processed a dozen roosters. We have one left and we hatched and we have six hens out of it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so yeah. So it's, uh, our, our rates haven't been that great. <laughs> so that's why it's kind of like, yeah, I want to, I want to like guarantee a little better that we'll have more laying hens. And I'd be so stoked to, cause we've got so many that have gotten old now and they're just not, they're not producing like they used to. And, uh, well, you know, plus they're spraying all that stuff in the sky that's making our, our hens not produce. <laughs> yeah. And anymore. the feed's bad, I guess yeah, too. No. <laughs> that's what all the conspiracy communities say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, I don't necessarily buy into all that, uh, particularly with our flock, which I know really well, and they always slow down at this time of year. And these, and a bunch of these, I think, are spent. I mean, also, you know, think about uh, how many of our, particularly our white ones, um, we got so many double yolks. Yeah. In the early, yeah. in their early the, eggs. Those leghorns lay gigantic white eggs, and they all lay about one a day. Mm-hmm. And so those those type of breeds that do that versus the ones that lay about three to four a week, they go through what they have, just like humans, they have a, a finite and amount of, of uh, yolks that they're starting with. Exactly. That's why I point out the double yolks on top of that. They were That's just like spit, getting, spitting them out. Yeah. Two of what they have available forever in, in one egg early on. It's not such a great thing. Yeah. I mean, I don't mind a double yolk egg at all. No, it was exciting like at the They're beginning, great. but yeah. And then I found like most, most chickens will lay a couple double yolks early on and then they don't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Those laid way more than a couple. But, but it did die off. I mean, it stopped doing, yeah, they stopped they don't doing do that, that anymore. Eventually. Yeah. But, you know, that's just going to make it so that they're spent a little before their time. And um, this is all their, their third laying year. Yeah. Yeah. So they're, so they're, they're on the older side. I, I'm sure there's a book somewhere that will tell us that we should have gotten rid of them before the winter. But we're still getting eggs from them. And so we did have them molt early on in the, what, September, October, end of October into November, right when it started to get cold. They started mm-hmm. molting and then they stopped yeah. laying almost totally. Like by Thanksgiving and into Christmas, we had like almost, what, like three, four eggs a day. Oh God, it got real bad for a minute. Yeah, there was almost nothing. And we do have one young flock of the six chicks that we hatched uh, from our own eggs. And they have cool egg colors. They're like light blue and a greenish one. And um, they're cool and they're good foragers and stuff. But they were barely laying either. And then now we've got, what, what are we getting? Like a dozen a day. Yeah. About 10 to 14 a day. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're back in business. And it's it's only one month into winter. So that's pretty pretty good yeah we finally sold some eggs for the first time the other day to some nice. friends and we can up it to 10 bucks a dozen because <laughs> of this egg 10 shortage. bucks an egg <laughs> 10 bucks an egg we sell them in, in plastic bags 120 now. for the dozen yeah um no, 110 for the dozen yeah so we could get a discount so and buy it, buy it in bulk <laughs> um yeah uh so anyway yeah that felt felt good to get some eggs out into the community because we did get a few phone calls from people who are like we can't find eggs in the store are you still selling eggs and i was like not nope just for our family this time of year because i never had to go buy eggs i think uh we came into some random eggs that we froze yeah i picked up a broken case of eggs with uh I can't remember how many were in there. It was uh, uh, twenty-four. We had like four, three or four dozen. 
yeah, I think it was 30 dozen in the box, but it was smashed. Yeah. So I just had to go through the whole thing and pull out the ones that weren't. And we had like four or five dozen. Yeah, we ended up with like four dozen. And so I've, I cracked them all and scrambled them and froze them. Some of them go, we've been feeding to the dogs. Others I like took a dozen out and I made a big like strata or whatever it's called. It's like a, it's like a casserole that's with eggs and bread. I had mm-hmm. stale sourdough and I made that. Then the dog took it off the counter and ran it outside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sniffy stole some, some bagged up um, sourdough strata muffins and brought them outside and she didn't even like get through the bag. She hit the, hid them behind a bush under a fern. And then when you went out there to find it, to look to see if she stole them, yeah, you found the two bags of those. But didn't you find another bag of something? I found I found like four bags of stuff that she snuck out. How something. do I, I? I produce so much in the kitchen. I don't even notice that she's doing that. Well, sometimes. you know, especially if you haven't really done your count. You know, I feel like you have five of something on the. You know, you put together five bags of something. Yeah. And then you go over to do this, and if she. And then, and then you're like, okay, so we got four out of here, you know, and maybe you write it down in your I, log I or whatever. I think one, I think a lot of the times when that happens, I bag stuff up, but I have to run it down to the freezer in the basement, but then I need to go and go let the chickens out or, or take the kid yeah. to the learning center. And then when I come back to the kitchen, in one direction yeah, or another, it's yeah, just yeah. gone. And I'm like, oh, I must have already taken that down to the freezer. <laughs> Good job. But the dog's taking it outside. Anyway, fun times. Um, yeah, but that dark of winter it was real dark there for a little while. Yeah, things kind of went sideways for us, huh? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's a, it's a weird thing. We've never talked about anything quite so personal. Yeah. Uh, should we just uh, rip off the Band-Aid and say what we're getting at? I, c- I could do it from an angle that'll bring listeners in maybe a little. Sure. Um, well, we were really excited um find out that Lanny was pregnant again and um, we were keeping it kind of just between the two of us as we were making sure that everything seemed correct and that went all the way up until Christmas Day which was uh, on Christmas Day we told our oldest son as well as your mother and father and you know we let them know that we were going to be naming it to uh, didn't matter what the gender was, we were going to be naming this baby Waxley. <laughs> Waxley Molding. That's um, when you're, oh my gosh, I forgot almost that you were just telling me that like seven times a day. <laughs> Waxley Molding. Uh, it's a gender neutral name. Thank I you so for picking was, that. Was, we could just go with it then. But anyway, um, uh, yeah, so we told everybody. And, um, you know, if I put a real dramatic twist on it, um, uh, there was there was an unfortunate, very private moment with our with our son that night, uh, where he wasn't sure how to think about the situation. He was excited, but he was like, "I don't know, you know, there's only so much love to go around and things like that." This is all in his head. He's not talking to us about it. And he prayed really hard that night uh, that we not have a baby. And unfortunately. Um, within a couple days of Christmas there. Uh, yeah, I had a miscarriage. We, we started realizing that there was a, there there was was a miscarriage something going on. definitely happening. You, you knew it immediately. Yeah. Instinctually, your body spoke to you. You spoke with your body and you learned and you, you knew what was going on, but we still gave it a few days. And it was, you know, it turned out, uh, long story short, it turned out to be the, the 
absolute case and um, you're you're okay now and everything mm -hmm. is fine but of course uh, our our son uh, tore himself apart over this because he had had preyed on this and he thought that this was his fault so while we're dealing with hormones that are I hope I'm not being sexist if I say, which are insane. I can tell from, yeah. from the outside that like uh, you, what you are going through is like indescribable to, to anybody. Um, I have I have so much to say on the subject because I really feel like I've heard of this term miscarriage, early miscarriage. I was eight weeks. It was between eight and nine weeks. So that's considered early. Um, but yeah, there's there's a lot more to it than it just sounds like this thing that just happens. And it's a real private thing. People don't talk about it a lot, you know, and I understand that. And I know a lot of people who have had it happen to them. And I never realized what that entailed uh, until I went through that. And I think that that needs to be not necessarily like it needs to be talked about more. We don't need to talk about negative things all the time or whatever. But to be open, I don't know, at least as women to each other so that we can feel supported through those kinds of transitions, things that are really actually pretty normal. It happens to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it can be chronic where you're having fertility problems. Other times it can just be like a one-off thing, like that specific egg or whatever wasn't ready to go. Yeah. It, wasn't, it wasn't its time. But our son did have a very difficult time first understanding what was happening and then like really, like he's his awareness right now with the world and things are, is so much greater than it has been. And he, he has so many questions about like, what would this be and what does it look like? And, and it's to me as I'm going through it and he's, he was feeling bad about not wanting a brother. It was always a brother because there's no other gender that exists, uh -huh. I guess. Um, he was feeling bad about not wanting it kind of changing his mind like it was it was it wasn't it was challenging on a family level uh, more than just a personal level for me but I was also thank you meatloaf the cat I was also really really going through a thing and I think what most people don't realize I shouldn't say that I hate when people say that fuck that yeah I think that it I did not realize that having a miscarriage is giving birth. Yes. I did not realize that the hormones that happen and the function of the body is not any different, but what you're passing through your, your, your passage is, uh, very much a different size yes. <laughs> than a, um, full term baby. Mm -hmm. But I didn't ever think about how, a miscarriage would give you all of the same hormones as that you get when, well, when you deliver, but like the pregnancy hormones that happen were, are not at their peak because I haven't been with the child for that long, but I was having morning sickness, barely more like annoyed with smells. Like yeah. that's more my style. My breath really starting. Your breath is bothering me. You're like, could you maybe not drink coffee before you talk to me closely? <laughs> You're drinking coffee. You know, um, smells being annoying and um, being real tired. Just like when the baby needed a nap during the day, I was sleeping with with him. And I'm calling him the baby. He's two. He's a toddler. And I love him, but like, I um, 
I started to feel like my sense of smell was not as heightened and I started to feel like some of the other symptoms like I had better energy and that was a few days before Christmas and I was spotting a little bit and I was like which has happened in my other pregnancies early on too so it wasn't huge a concern but I did have this feeling like there's this isn't the same there's something different and I started to think that this wasn't going to work out and I think on Christmas when I wanted to tell my parents and our son was because I wanted to believe it was going to work out. Mm-hmm. And and I don't regret it necessarily because I think that this is like a family matter. Like I kept... It absolutely is. Like, uh, uh, like I understand now better than before like why maybe you don't tell a nine-year-old until you know. But at the same time, if we'd waited, uh, you know another two months yeah uh you know like then it's like well are we you know we tell him yeah your mom's been pregnant for for the last several months and we're hiding it from you like what you've been hiding it from me like i don't feel like that i don't like that that wouldn't be right in my relation in our relationship with our son but at the same time um this really devastated him like i i it was to you know because it's all about me here um, what I was going through, no, I'm, I, it really wasn't about me, but cause I'm, I'm in, I'm kind of, I was kind of in the middle of something here of that. I'm really, really, really supporting you. I want everyone to know how great of a husband Lanny has, no. <laughs> uh, but I was doing, I think I was doing a pretty good job. I don't know. Uh, we, we haven't talked about that upon reflection, but you know, I think I was doing a pretty good job, but I suddenly realized that I was neglecting our boy who was going through something huge Mm -hmm. in a, in a way that like, I feel like no nine year old, what like broke my existence practically was, uh, being with the two boys and they were playing. I was sitting on a couch and they're playing on the floor in front of me. And our nine year old just starts crying like really hard. And it was like, Whoa, Hey, what's up? Are you okay? you know, thinking he got hurt or something, but it was really out of nowhere. And he's just like, I'm playing with my brother. And I realized that like, he should be playing with his brother too. You know, like he should, like there should be another brother here and that this is all my fault because of this prayer thing. And like, so while I'm being very attentive to you and your emotions, like I, I realized there's this whole other beast that's going on of beast of emotions, um, that's going on, uh, in, in another person here. Plus I know I'm having my own emotions too, you know, like they're there, Oh God! but, yeah. um, it's like, like I couldn't even think about myself during these times because I felt as, as I described it to, to a close friend of mine, it was like, I was, I felt that I was just in a position where I had to put out emotional fires everywhere all, all the time for a good while there. And, um, yeah, yeah. I I think that that's a point that is one thing I feel like I was, was missed from my idea of what a miscarriage was, was that like, it's, it's a process. It's not something that happens and it's over. It's a process. Just like giving birth is a process. Mm -hmm. It's like this portal opens. You have to go through this passage and you come out the other side, a different person. I, I was very much in what I called labor land for my bath, both my other kids where I was just not 
my normal self time didn't pass normally. Um, it was just like, oh, and it was really at like four days. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot longer than what my labor windows are for when I've actually had the kids. It was like, it was, it was surreal. And then it's this longer process. And then you physically have something happen to you. You physically lose a lot of blood. You, you're, you physically have a huge shift in hormones. That's a big drop. And then I never really thought that you could have postpartum depression after you have a miscarriage. Mm-hmm. I never really thought about how you could have I don't know, pre- preeclampsia happens to people sometimes after they deliver. That can happen to you after you have a miscarriage. Mm-hmm. I, I never really thought about, like, it's for a woman, it's going, going through a miscarriage is going through having labor of a still baby, even when that still baby is only the size of a bean. Well, it's like that, that mind-blowing aspect. I think you read it with I'm a May, uh, the fourth trimester concept. Oh, yeah. Of, like, the care for the next period after the birth. Um you hit that fourth tri- trimester, like, right up front. Right. Which is, like, its own its own whole thing that, that already is maybe ignored by um, mainstream... Maternity me- care, medical whatever. Medical care, yeah. whatever. Uh, when, it's, when it was a full pregnancy, let alone looking right. at it now. And, in, in this, and it's like, if we were going to conventional doctors, they would be like, First, you, we would have contacted them when we thought it might be going on. They would have verified it. Who knows if it would have been right or not, as they would have immediately scheduled you for a procedure, which would have been nothing short of an abortion, I believe. Yeah, that's what I've been well, reading about that has really shocked me about all of this. Because just like we chose to give birth at home with our last son, we chose to have our miscarriage at home without any intervention. So I validated my pregnancy with a pregnancy test from, you from know, the dollar store. From the dollar store, which was right both of my other pregnancies. And I took that three times, you know, <laughs> not the same one because they don't work like that. Oh, they don't? No, they're disposable. Well, I was using them for a month at least after. <laughs> you were using them. I'm happy to say I never, you were never, never I never learned how That's to read good. it, so I don't know. They say men could get pregnant, <laughs> so you got to cover your bases yeah, and be really yeah. careful. Um, so I I wasn't aware. Like I, ch- I, ch- I was aware I was pregnant because I checked and I was positive. The next time I took one, I was the line there was darker and stronger, meaning that my, I, I think it's HCG, whatever the hormone is that it tests for uh, that only occurs in pregnancy. But there's always a chance that it could be a tubal pregnancy or a tumor or something else that triggers these things. But, you know, I it's knew it tumor. wasn't. It's not a tumor. I knew that I was not getting my period and that I had a positive pregnancy test. I was pregnant. So that was right after I was supposed to get my period. It's like four weeks. So for four weeks, I knew I was pregnant and I had pregnancy symptoms. I didn't need to go to a doctor at that point to, cl- you know, confirm that. I decided that by 10 weeks, I would contact um, a midwife, but I wanted to do homework first because I was trying to see if we could get a midwife that was out of the system. We were in the phase of doing homework and figuring out who's, what's what's the midwifery situation post uh, fucking everybody getting vaccines. Because yeah. last time we were in the middle of vaccine, or not, uh, of COVID, but... Uh, there was no vaccines yet. That wasn't a thing yet. But now all of the midwives that still have their licenses have been vaccinated. And I would rather just have somebody with a little bit of a different ethic I understand wanting to keep their license so that they can continue to support birthing mothers. That's, that's, I understand that. But I thought maybe I could find somebody that was a little more in line with our values. Mm -hmm. And that would be somebody who had dropped their license. If not for that, then already before. But 
had the training and experience that those women have and which is why you want them in your corner is because of their experience yes. not because of a, a license and so that's where we were at we were st- i was just starting to you know i was going to call my friend who's a doula in town who's been taking a birth keeper course so that she could attend free births you know un- unlicensed and and um people who want to do things a little differently and we were just going to start looking into that when everything started happening and uh yeah i don't i don't know um I started to try to look online to figure out, you know, is this happening? If it is, is there any danger to me? Is there any signs that I should look for that would indicate, hey, this could be life-threatening and I need to move to a phase where I do seek medical care from the medical system. Who's very The medical system is very good at certain things. If we broke a bone bad enough and I didn't know someone who could set that for me, I would go to a doctor to set a bone and give me a cast. You know. Okay. <laughs> I could, you know what I mean. You you might I, disagree. There, no, like uh, I, I'm not. I don't want to get into that specific one, but yeah, I get the the concept. If you're in a severe car accident and you're gonna die, yeah. If, well, if my guts are outside of my body, I probably want some medical in, yeah, just, intervention. You know, there's you know, there's or, times or where like, where you don't get to make that choice. Yeah. And somebody else makes it for you. That makes sense. But there's also times where you know going to the walk-in clinic and getting them to set your bone and put a cast on you. That's probably pretty quick. Mm-hmm. And what I'm trying to say is not necessarily that I would do that because I might know somebody who could do that for me and that'd be pretty rad. Yeah. Uh, but I uh, am saying that it makes sense to do the things that they know best, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, what is what are the, what do I need to look out for? Um, and then they, they kind of talk about you know the typical things like if you have a fever and blah blah blah, con- losing consciousness, that kind of stuff, or if you don't stop bleeding with a certain amount of time, or if you lose if you're losing this much blood at this rate, you know, that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Sure. But what I didn't realize that is like most of the, the articles that I read were from conventional sources. And it was basically that you needed to go in and have an ultrasound, which would determine that there was no fetal heartbeat. And once that happened, then you were were either going to have them remove that by uh, forcing open your cervix and scraping it out or uh, giving you a, a basically an abortion pill, which would make you, I think you took two kinds of medicines and over the next day or two, it would evacuate your uterus completely. And both of those things came with side effects. Um, the, the manual one could mean that you could not have children again if they damaged something or if they, they damaged your cervix so it couldn't close again. It was like, so I'm digging into like, why do they do that? And it's really is, it's just cause it's kind of a long process and it's inconvenient. It just gets it over a lot quicker. It's inconvenient. And if there was anything, uh, <clears throat> you know, malicious there, maybe they want to do that because, Hey, you know, if we slip, you know, like what, what's or, the percentage rate of people who can't have births after having, or is it just that? because that tissue is valuable? How many people after having done that end up with chronic miscarriage situations and they're, they're having trouble with fertility and all those kinds of things, you know, but basically like that's, it's the same procedure as an abortion, except that they're determining that the fetal fetus is not viable, uh-huh. which could be a mistake. It could be an opinion. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. Like I felt that the fetus was not viable. I felt that in me and I knew that that's what was happening. And so this instead was about me using the things I had practiced before to coping with the discomfort or pain or emotion that were coming up. And there was one big day where we spent together and my mom came over and hung out with the kids. And I, I just 
like for anybody going through that out there, it's like, just be kind to yourself and be like, just the same as you would if you were having a baby at home is like this acceptance of this being part of life and part of the cycle of things and something that other women have gone through. Like there was this, that powerful, like, I don't know, draw from the earth as be, like this being just a part of life. Yeah. And I'm feeling so lucky that we have kids because I don't know if this is normal. If, you know, I wonder sometimes, was this normal for my mom when she was of childbearing age? How many people we know that are trying to have kids that can't have kids? Mm-hmm. I, I asked her that the other day and she was like, I don't know. You know, we, I guess people didn't talk about that. I was like, you don't talk about that. It's <laughs> not that people didn't. But I, I, uh, I wonder, you know, like in the eighties when she was getting pregnant and her sister was, you know, had, had just had kids. Um, how many, how many friends did they have that didn't, oh, she said, I didn't have any friends. That's what her answer was. Oh, of course. Yeah. Not that she didn't talk about, but she didn't have any friends. So like, um, cause my mom had had a miscarriage in between me and my younger brother. Right. And, um, so I did have that to ask her questions and she did tell me what had happened to her and it, and she had called the doctor and they told her what to look for, for concerns. And she, she took care of it at home as well. And it was, she was about the same far along as I was. Mm-hmm. So that felt really good to hear, hear that from someone that I know. Although it was pretty conventional too. Yeah. You know, like she, she, yep. this, this wasn't, um, some wild, wild, uh, this wasn't like having a home birth. Or, yeah, no, or it was just her doctor told her to stay home. And so she did. Yeah. And it's like, if she had a different doctor or it was 20 years, you know, in the future from that, then they would have told her to come in and have a procedure and yeah. have it just get it over quickly. And we can give you narcotics and, and make this all like a beautiful dream, a beautiful dream <laughs> that never happened. Yeah. And, and I didn't want that to feel like a dream. I wanted like to go through that. I, I mean, that's just more, I don't know how to say what I want to say. It's so personal, but it's really like, I don't know. It's what makes you who you are when you have these d- moments, like something that's really hard or something that you don't get to do very often. Some, something, some other aspect of life that you might not experience, you know, like having a kid is that, and having a natural childbirth is, is that, you know, and, um, being a mom is really great, but man, I did feel guilty. Like, like I was making too big of a deal out of it in a sense. Cause I know there's other people out there that don't have kids that keep having miscarriage after miscarriage. Um, you know, we have somebody in our, your family that struggled with that openly, uh, and had you know four or five before they decided that they weren't going to try anymore. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we have other people that have, you know, we know people who've had kids successfully, but have had to use in vitro fertilization and there had been complications with that. And I think that the guilt or something is like for me, like not understanding because I'm a very empathetic person. Uh, is that what I want to say? Empath. Like I feel other people's emotions very strongly. If I make a connection with somebody like I, f- I, and they tell me something I can, I get like a shiver in my whole body and I can, if they cry, like tears happen. You know what I mean? Like I can, I really connect You're with people. There with them. And so to feel like I've had friends that I remember telling me that they had a miscarriage and not feeling th- that it's like, man, 
that sucks. Like, <laughs> like I, I feel like an asshole, but you know, you, you can't know. I mean, you know, like, you know, it might be psychologically disappointing, you know, that you didn't, you wanted to have, you wanted to have a baby and then you didn't for other people, they didn't want to have a baby and that was convenient. Mm-hmm. You know, there's that aspect, but this physical aspect of like what actually happens to your body it is, was really fascinating. And I feel like I, I learned a lot and I'm going to, I understand childbirth and motherhood on a whole nother level. Mm-hmm. When I, when I dug deep enough, I did find some resources online that were from home birth midwives that were talking about home birth miscarriages that choosing to, you know, ceremoniously have a miscarriage at home. You knew it was happening and deciding not to have intervention, letting it happen naturally, you know, doing stuff like planting something in honor of your unborn fetus or whatever, you know, which we didn't get too hokey. Like I didn't have any essential oils involved, but I, I like, I felt this and I really went through it. And I think that that was important because I feel closer to you than I ever have in my whole life. You felt that. And that is the opposite of what we were saying when we said, it's like a beautiful dream. Yeah. You know, like that's the, that's the, that's the medical system's approach towards anything. There's no meaning behind it. Take it's the just pain away. Take the discomfort away. Take the emotional stress away. And then they say anything else. Yeah. You know, uh, what else? What else? And, and you're like, well, I have this emotional hole. And they're like, well, okay, but anything that's real because we can't like we can't measure that. So please give us. But or we actually, could they do sedate you no, or no, they'll, they'll give fill you, you with fucking pills. Zoloft or whatever now. So it's. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was um, it was weird too because like I felt the whole time that I I should reach out to someone, you know. I told I told my mom so she could help with the kids, but she is so like, I don't know. Maybe I was too much of a crazy bitch when I was a high schooler, um, or high school age, that she is like afraid I'm gonna yell at her all the time is what it kind of feels like when there's anything that's stressful. So like she can't really be there for me in a lot of senses because she's like afraid that I'm going to yell at her and it's just the way it is. And I'm like probably going to yell at her (laughs) (laughs) because she's probably going to say something like dumb, like, like a news talking point or something. Um, but, uh, it's, it's like, I wanted to tell, I wanted to tell my friend that's the doula but I hadn't seen her in a while and I felt weird to call with like bad news. I'm using like air quotes. Like I, I felt weird to call our other friends that it's, but it was also cause it's just that quiet time of the year where I don't want to be social. I don't want to reach out, but I felt like I should have. And now like that time has passed. It feels really awkward to be like, how are you? Did you have a good Christmas? I had a miscarriage. Oh yeah. It's like we, we had a friend over, uh, right after the new year. Yeah, just like a Came week after it happened. Or... He, he, I got some of my sourdough starter. Oh, that's what it was. Oh, yeah, he listens to this podcast. Hi, Aaron. Hey, buddy. <laughs> Sorry, uh, weird. But yeah, he, he like asked like, hi, hey, man, how, how were the holidays? And it was like, both of us are just like, they're good. We looked at each other and we're like, they're good. Because it's like they were good and the family time was good and we feel more connected than ever. But boy, that was a real trip. That was like... (laughs) I I feel like that's all we said. Maybe we said, oh yeah, you know, Lanny's parents came over for Christmas. Yeah, ups and downs. uh, We shot shot off some fireworks on New Year's. Uh, You know, whatever. You know, just say say a couple of the things that happened that um, happened in between all these moments. But you also don't... we, We were not in a position that day at that time to unload this on 
anyone. Well, especially somebody who's just stopping by and like our kids there. It's just like, yeah. And then I, 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 I then had another friend over a different day. And she's a real, like, she's a mom and she's a grandma and she's really hippie in tune to shit, like, differently than I am. Comes from a different space and I, I like it quite a lot. And I wanted to tell her too, but I knew that our nine-year-old was in the other room mm-hmm. and uh, he could hear me and I didn't really want to bring it up for him and I didn't know how he would feel about me telling a friend. And so I just... I felt like I couldn't say anything. Yeah. So it is kind of weird to be talking about it now to a hundred <laughs> strangers. Um, you know, it just on that level, uh, I'll, I'll just throw this out there I, again, because everything's about me. Uh, <laughs> I like how you say it with that <laughs> voice, like uh, lesbian seagull's voice. Um, my, my work was blowing up, like I very briefly mentioned, and I don't want to talk about that at all, but just it was, and shit really, really sucked outside of here for me during that time and I was like kind of losing my mind about my job in a variety of ways to the point where uh, my manager who doesn't manage me and I never even contact like uh, you never see or never see or you know like I get this text out of nowhere that said uh, like um, uh, I heard that you had an outburst (laughs) and left work early today is everything okay and it was like fuck you know, I didn't have an outburst. I, I did a great job of not fucking having any outbursts during this during that time. I, if any outbursts happened, they were internal at work. Not they were from, inbursts. They were inbursts. I don't know, whatever. Like <laughs> I, I saying outbursts is so funny. Like you're there were situations where I had to tell people they were doing things wrong, and I wasn't happy about it. And I was dealing with all of this, and I didn't want to be there. And yes, I did leave early one day, but it was because I finished my job early, and um, then. The day or two after that text, I I needed to contact it, her, because um, she she's a uh, she's she's a a mask wearing vaccinated piece of shit. But <laughs> prior to that, she was a naturopath and uh, has had two home births, and she understands the female condition very well. So I did I told her it was like the first person outside of here that I'd told about it at all, and that felt insanely good. Yeah, and that's why I kind of feel like it would have felt good for me to tell somebody, you know, and, like, have them just, maybe somebody had gone through it, too. Or my doula friend's going to know stuff about this. She would have been able to give me guidance. But I just couldn't, I don't know, I just couldn't reach out. And I think that's okay, too. You know, like, I don't necessarily regret it. More, most I regret it now is because it's, like, awkward to, like, either I have to just never tell anyone I went through this or I have to, like, blurt it out in a weird way out of context and then have this a response that's not going to be as heartfelt as it would be if it was just happening. You know what I mean? I don't know what, how to say what I mean, but it's, it's fucking awkward. That's what I mean. I feel awkward. Yeah. It's like, um, I've seen friends and I didn't tell them, you know? Well, it's not something you really want to tell anyone. I don't know. It, as we're, as you as we're putting it now, it's reminding me a lot of when I used to deal with really deep depression. Uh, one of my, biggest problems with depression was that people couldn't recognize that I had depression around me and what and people say well you should tell us if you're like depressed or whatever and it's like what like that's not something I talk about tell somebody ask for help yeah Yeah. but like I don't know I like I it's not a topic of converse like I'm not I'm not there to have a conversation about depression I'm there to have a conversation about chemtrails damn it or whatever (laughs) we're talking about you know like like I'm my, my time with other people is to, to not feel depressed. 
And then when I am feeling depressed, then people are like, and I, and I finally say something, it's like, what? No, you're not. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know what yeah. I mean? And that's, oh, and that's kind of like, now. as you're saying that, I'm <laughs> realizing that we're kind of maybe pitting ourselves like that with this of that. There's like, like I told that person at work and then that's it. This is, yeah. this is the next step here is on this microphone to, to, to the hundreds of thousands of people who are going <laughs> to listen to this. Uh, <laughs> Uh, because like, yeah, no, I'm not like calling up friends. I did uh, in, and then on top of that too, there were a couple people who were out here in our podcast world who I spoke to on the phone and, you know, uh, you know, a person here and a person there, but there's many other people who are actively like in our lives in real life who I'm never going to end up telling this to because I mean, like, Oh yeah, things are doing pretty good. Yeah, the new year's going great now that we're over that whole miscarriage thing that we went through. Oh, wait, what? It, it and then was, you get that I always get that question then at that point, why didn't you tell me? <laughs> well, also like I think that there's like this stigma of like this uh, shame that goes along with it. Uh-huh. Like people want to be like figure out why it happened or something. Either sure. you figure out why it happened to you or as maybe somebody nosy or or uh, bossy might want to look at you and try to help you figure out what you did wrong to make that happen. And that's not a good feeling. Obviously I went through that. Uh I'm like, is it because I was eating soft ripened raw cheese? Uh Is it because I ate those oysters? You know, all the conventional wisdom that tells you stuff is poison. And it's not, I wasn't sick. I didn't get sick. I'm not sick. Anything that's outside of our control. That's why I believe that God is such an important um, thing to have in our lives is it's so easy to, to blame yourself for so many things. I mean, not, not just this, like a, a pet dying, a family member dying, uh, you know, just horrible, terrible things. And we all tend to almost immediately turn towards ourselves. I felt immense guilt for this immediately with absolutely no founding behind that whatsoever. Well, you did get me pregnant. Sure. Uh, there we go. If I wanted to, if I really needed to give myself a reason, but I didn't need to give myself a reason. I just felt horrible yeah. about it. And as I described, our nine-year-old clearly felt really horrible. Like it, it makes me want to cry right now just thinking of his emotional state during that time. And that was because he was blaming himself. He was he blamed himself for this, and like. And, and of course you're going through that oh, and then, yeah. then yeah, yeah, you start telling people. And if there are people that go, you know, especially assholes like us, like maybe we would respond to someone else like, like, well, what were you eating? Were you eating processed food? Yeah. Well, was it processed food? I try not you to know? do that, but yeah, no, maybe I, I'm I thinking know. we're, 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 we're I, I would like to say that we don't do that to people, but, but you know, we someone could. who knows us well might not want to tell us that because they think that that's where we, oh, would they're going to just judge me because I've been eating the vaccinated burgers at McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> And we would if you were eating <laughs> vaccinated burgers. Yeah, McDonald's. that's the new, um, instead of a Big Mac, they have the vaccine burger. <laughs> the Vac Mac? Yeah, the Vac Mac. The Big Vac. <laughs> Big Vacs. <laughs> Big Vacs. Two for one, Big Vacs. Um, I'm inoculated. I'm injecting it. <laughs> I'm injecting it. <laughs> but uh, see, this is a good point. I'm sorry to take you off your trail. Yeah, yeah no, it's the, cool. Man, we, through all of this, this is maybe one of been one of our more serious episodes and a lot. I mean, we've talked about a lot of serious topics, but we always make each other laugh. And through all of this, you were making me laugh. And like, I felt supported by you and loved by you. You kept telling me I wear it well. 
Oh, you wear miscarriage as well, babe. I say, I feel horrible. And you say, well, you wear it well. And I'm like, what the fuck? You want to you wanna make love? Who says I mean, you know. that? Who says you wear it well? But, you know, we kept we kept each other laughing at times. and we, But we never were doing it as a deflection of actually really feeling what was happening. And I feel like our marriage is stronger because of it. And I feel like our love for each other, our attraction to each other is stronger for it. And and this doesn't mean that we don't have more kids someday. No. You know, and it doesn't. And honestly, I, I should say we weren't trying. Mm-hmm. This wasn't something we were going for. This this happened. It, this is just like us saying it's in God's hands. I'm, I just had a birthday in January and I turned 39. Like I'm on the tail end of when this is an appropriate thing to make when you're not a super millionaire uh like share whatever you could have a baby when you're like this would have been a geriatric as fuck (laughs) no they were already calling me an advanced maternal age for my last one when i was 36 Mm -hmm. that's when the cutoff is 36 is advanced maternal age so i'm ultra advanced (laughs) um i'm a gifted maternal age you know how we always say the kids are advanced or we say they're gifted (laughs) Oh, when our kids do something kind of silly or stupid, we're like, Yeah, like the oh. nine-year-old's got like mud all over his face and doesn't realize it. And he's like talking to someone and we'll be like, he's advanced. He's advanced. <laughs> he's he's gifted. The toddler gifted. is just like, for some reason, biting the countertop again for the he, 40th. He's gifted. He's gifted. So I, I don't know. I feel like it strengthened us in our marriage. We definitely continued to make each other laugh. Um, I don't feel like it's a shadow hanging over me now, but I do feel it again when I see someone for the first time since that happened that I haven't seen yet. It's, I can relate that to when I had a really close friend die and every time I would see somebody for the first time after that happened, it was like I had to relive that that had happened again in like a raw way, even if it was a long time after. Yeah. And, um, it's like... It's just, I don't know. It's like you have to both acknowledge, two people acknowledge that that had happened, you know? Yeah. And uh, it feels like that when I see people the first time, I have to decide, am I telling them or am I not telling them? Either way, I'm thinking about it because there's this, how are you? How is Christmas? And that is, that was Christmas. Yeah. yeah. How's Christmas hurt every time someone asked this year? Yeah. Like, not not Christmas so much, but just like you know how how were your how was your time off and your and your um the holidays in general yeah it was like the 26th i'm pretty sure that was happening the 27th it was definitely happening and it was like by by new year's i was like uh pretty much finished because as you know I, I haven't really thought as i was saying that if someone asked about christmas yeah it, it was like it hurt but as I think about it, it's like we had a great Christmas. We did have a good Christmas. We, it was really, really mellow. Did. We didn't have people that we didn't need around. It was very small. Like we got snowed in. We had an ice storm. If that evening you had asked me, how was your Christmas? I would have said, as idyllic as a Christmas gets for me. Yeah, where it's just quiet. There's a movie on. We made popcorn. We, we gave we gifts. Good we meals. received gifts. Yeah, Everyone small was, things. Was I got happy. Um, Santa Claus got me a cheese press, which I'm Santa Claus, but your money is Santa Claus. So <laughs> I'm thanking you for that because I'm making cheese well, thank now. Thank you for thanking excited. me. But I like um, to get uh, the family a gift that um, of a skill I'm going to learn. Uh, like when I got a, a pressure canner from Santa, and now I can our food, and now I'm making cheese. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of really good things that happened 
um, at Christmas, since Christmas, like all of that. But it just, it's kind of tied up in that, that like that weird surreal, like wormhole that we went through. Yeah. And again, because it's all about me, uh, <laughs> this is all mirrored by, you know, people, people like, like I said, people ask, how was your time off? It was like, I worked so much more through that time than yeah. I ever do. I know. Like I, it was so weird. Cause I was like, working seven days a week and I was pulling in longer hours on those days. And it was like, I could not get my head out of work when I was trying to come home. And when I was going into work, I couldn't get my head out of home. Yeah. And it was like, I, I was, I like that from Christmas until two weeks later is all one chunk of what the fuck happened. Right. But I think that what I could see us doing this year, cause that's not actually that unusual for that time of year for us. Like that things become more stressful and more intense and more like time consuming and uh, hectic or whatever. And then this year though, we did such a good job of just don't judge myself or others. No, it will pass. Those are the things that I, don't judge myself or others. No, it will pass. Don't yeah. cause harm. Right. Don't, it's not time to decide to make changes. It's not time to look for a new job. It's not time to buy a house, sign any contracts, get a divorce. Or in my particular case at this point, make a podcast. Yeah. It wasn't time to sit down and try to talk it out. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, reveal the inside baseball of that. Like you were asking about doing a podcast again. I was like, no, I think I'm done. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm over it. And you're like, what? And I'm like, I don't want to say that. Like, I don't mean that. But right now in this moment, I'm like done altogether. I'm never going to record my voice and put it on the internet again because I'm fucking over it. Right. And, and, and I made it clear as I said that, that I'm not answering you with that. And that I'm telling you that's that... how I feel. And therefore I am making no decisions. I need to pass through this. I, I need at least a week or two weeks or whatever I said. Whatever time it moment. takes. And it ended up being a little bit more than that before I was just like, okay, cool. Like I'm, I'm back to thinking about things normally. Cause I was irrational. My brain was in an irrational place and yeah, I didn't want to do this right then. I wasn't listening. I'm still barely listening to podcasts. It's just in that moment, podcast was the furthest thing from my mind listening or putting out right and i think that that's the emotional maturity that i'm talking about is that i that knowing being in that moment of feeling that intense feeling and not being the like baby that we used to be where we'd be like fuck right. this i'm gonna break everything i'm gonna say mean things to people that i love i'm gonna do things that could harm me or my my loved ones and i'm not gonna you know, I'm, I'm going to make big decisions that are going to affect my life going forward, even when I'm not upset anymore. Instead, we say, wait, hold the phone. Just keep getting by. Just get by. Realistically, then, every band I ever quit was in an emotional state similar to what I was going through there. Of course, it was different. You know, nothing compares to what we did. And, you know, I was far from a family and stuff. But, you know, I'd be in a shitty emotional state and I'd say, fuck this. I don't want to do it anymore. And then it was done. And it was just done. maybe later you might regret it, or maybe you wouldn't even let yourself think if it. If I had this emotional it. maturity now, I would have said, uh, I'm not quitting. I just can't be at band practice for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, and maybe I'd get kicked out for that or something, depending on the pace of the band. But, uh, you know, hopefully just wait two weeks and then be like, oh, yeah, yeah, sorry, I just needed some time. Let's get I'm back, back at to it. it. Yeah. You know. And, and it's like, and then you learn something coming through that in a way where you're just allowing yourself to have feelings and to go through them and you're just being there to like 
care for yourself in a way. It's hard. It's like, I'm going to be the one who just witnesses, part of me just witnesses this and takes care of you. You took a shower, you brushed your teeth, you ate some food, you didn't go and drink a bottle of whiskey, you didn't go and crash your car, you didn't punch your wife in the face, which I'm sure you... I did crash a car during this time. You did? Well, I went off the road. Which one? The Honda. Oh, is that why the t wheels messed up? No. No, no, no. It was... It was uh, not bad at all. Okay, was it the when it was icy? It was the first snow after the hail that froze underneath, and it was that deceiving layer of ice. Yeah. I was in downtown by the courthouse, and uh, yes, I had to put on brakes quick. And I went oh, I remember you telling me road, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Luckily, it was able to get right back out. And so you went off road, but you didn't crash. I didn't crash. No, no. <laughs> but you didn't like you know do things. You w didn't live recklessly out of anger. I which definitely is... didn't drink any whiskey. I didn't even think about drinking any whiskey that whole time. It was just beer you were thinking about. I was Lots thinking about beer, beer constantly. <laughs> it consumed my existence. I was definitely a dry drunk during this time. No, no it, I didn't feel like a dry drunk, and I wasn't a wet drunk either. And that's pretty good. That's yeah. some emotional maturity. I right know. Because like I used to remember the way I would deal with my feelings when they would get like this and mostly it was just me mentally beating the shit out of myself like you lazy piece of shit you you're like you're weak and you're you're boring and you can't handle anything and why don't you get back to it and you're not working hard enough like I, I wouldn't want to give myself the space that I needed to just rest through a difficult time I would say everybody does everybody has miscarriages who cares get back to work you know I kind of like yell at myself like a drill sergeant when I was younger like that I wasn't ever being manly enough mm -hmm. and guess what guys having a miscarriage is really not manly it's not a manly <laughs> thing to do having a pregnancy or a baby is we, might, not, we might get not canceled for statements like that. I know. It's, I'm sorry. It's a confusing time. But I, in my opinion, what I consider masculine traits that I were tr was trying to adopt to be successful, having a miscarriage and feeling sad about it or having physical feelings because of it uh, was, was uh, not that cool. You know, I'm just, uh, I'm just thinking of all these things that we're saying and the emotional maturity aspect. I didn't have time to think about getting drunk or whiskey or being a dry drunk or anything. Like I felt really consumed that whole time. Like if I wasn't here doing this, I was there doing that. And uh, I wonder if that emotional maturity comes with having a full plate versus when you're 19 and you're depressed and you quit your band and you st I still work. but. Mm -hmm. All of my free time is just spent at a bar. But it's you just, just getting yeah, you drunk. It's just being, it's just wasting time. Then I can really, really dive into it and be much worse off. It's true. There's like a, a, a layers of accountability that I did not have when I would have been more destructive in my depression. If, um, if I didn't work, we just had, you know, like everything was just as it is, but I didn't work and we didn't have previous kids, you know, like what would my, um, oh, right. you know, like, like I might've, I might've spun out of control. I probably would have started drinking, and, yeah. you know, like, cause, cause like, it'd be like, fuck, I'm at work and I'm, and work sucks. And now I don't want to go home cause home sucks and leaving home. I'll pretend that I'm going to work. I don't really work seven days a week right now. I'm just going to pretend so that I can go, go drink in your go car and, and yeah. stare at the ocean or whatever. <laughs> but, and when, whenever that kind of destructive stuff happens and you're in a relationship, it also is coupled with you emotionally distancing yourself from your partner. Sure. And then that hurts them and they maybe do the same thing to you. And then you're not communicating well. And like, yeah. that's what I felt like we 
uh, dialed in with the exception of like one day where it was really challenging and we probably talked longer than we should have. Um, <laughs> that, that was our mistake there yeah. is me trying to pull you into conversation where I felt like I needed a conversation, but really we needed to just both wait. We could I, have, I could have still had that conversation. I was identifying in that moment. I need to wait. I cannot talk. Yeah. I am going to say things that don't truly reflect my inner self, but it will reflect my thoughts right now. Yeah. And I don't want to talk. Right. <laughs> you know, and I think, kinda... I don't know. I feel like everyone goes through this in some way or another. And the thing of like, don't emotionally distance yourself, but take the time that you need and be that caregiver for yourself that, you know, feed yourself, shower, get up, have some kind of a routine and just know it will pass. Just drag your feet through it. Um, fake it till you make it. And then through the other side, you want to hold space, hold space for yourself. Oh, it's such a douchey thing to say, but, <laughs> but it's so but it applicable works. in but so many totally things. Works. It's just hold space, hold space in your head, you know, uh, just, just go through the motions. And yeah, I know that we're, we're, we're all well aware enough that, you know, going through the motions of life uh, can, can make for a depressing, terrible life. But yeah. go through the motions for a week, you know. Or however that, long it takes day, for you to, like, start to get your months, bearings again. Six you, months is too long. You'll, you'll know, you know, but when yeah. you, you start to feel like you, you feel open enough to, like, have an exchange with another person mm -hmm. without getting defensive. You, you know, you, you can see it in the way you sleep and stuff and what your appetite is and all of that, that you're starting to get back to being able to be open and have a conversation. Yeah. And for me, it was pretty quick. And like, uh, honestly, like I know that I, I w went through this better than I could have, uh, because I was able to support myself nutritionally and, and other things. And honestly, I'm so glad that I had a nursling through this time. I'm still nursing our two-year-old. Sure. And I've been thinking, boy, he's dragging this on <laughs> like for a while. But I was so glad that I had that during this because what you don't get after you have a stillbirth is the oxytocin that you get after a birth, the really happy hormones that help you bond with your baby. And those come with your... And that comes from nursing. When you let, is it let down? Let down. It's just yeah. the act of you know, nipple stimulation. That's why it feels good during sex too. It's so much better it. when you let down our son than when I let him down. <laughs> You're such a let down. <laughs> but yes, the let down is when the milk comes out. Um, but yeah, that I was still nursing because actually when I was in active labor, it was helping with my contractions and helping move things along. And when I was feeling really sad, I had a little baby to hold and yeah. nurse. And I'm, it made me feel really sad for people who don't have kids that really, really want them. Yeah. Really sad. Um, but I, I mean, I'm just, I shouldn't be mad at myself for having kids because somebody else can't. I should be more thankful that I have them because I know that, that not everybody gets to have this experience. Does that make sense? Yes. Boy, this was a, this was a podcast. Uh, yeah, I suppose it was uh, either that or a therapy session or yeah. just uh, two people talking about things, the oversharing. <laughs> Overshare. <laughs> Overshare, guys. Um, yeah, what am I going to title this one? Trigger warning? Um, I don't know. Is it trigger warning? Is I don't know. Trigger worthy? I think if people have a hard time of dealt with uh, miscarriage, this might oh, be really sure. hard to listen to. Yeah. I'm sure you probably don't want to. Well, you're probably not already playing ours in front of your kids like on an open stereo. We're probably a headphone podcast anyway, or at least so <coughs> solo car ride podcast. Yeah. But uh, 
you know, I, I might. Well, it's not like we were too graphic with anything. Um, I mean, maybe it's an advanced subject that some people wouldn't want to bring up with their kids. I don't know. Anybody would listen to this in front of their kids, but like, there's nothing that we said that I wouldn't say in front of our kids. Yeah. Um, because, you know, it's not like I said, we're not being graphic. It's not like this was, this was, there was really in depth language or words. Um, I mean, we swear and stuff already. So. I also said nipple, nipple stimulation. Oh, yeah. That's going to get us. Uh, <laughs> Just kidding. Get us a strike on YouTube. Uh, is this on YouTube it's, anymore? It's not. It never was. No, they nuked our channel. No. We oh, never we, had no, a We channel. never had one. That's yeah. why. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. And there's no camera. I wasn't interested. There's yeah, no we're camera. also not even recording video. Well, we probably are because we're sitting in front of a computer. It's probably recording automatically. Uh, but Uploading but it to the cloud. People who, who are listening to this who have kids, they're they're raising emotionally mature kids, I would imagine. And I, I think that this is something I wouldn't have thought to talk about it with our son if we didn't go through it. Yeah. Oh but God. I think this would have been a absolutely fine thing for him to hear about from the measured point of view that we're, we're putting out there. Cause we definitely, I talked to him about how people have a hard time sometimes this time of year and why it's an important time to be just like, speak nicely to yourself in your head. And, um, and just take care of yourself and eat good food and like, give yourself a break. You know, mm-hmm. um, there's going to be times to put pressure on yourself. Um, other times, you know, like you don't need to go and achieve something right now. You don't need to just get by and everything's okay. And, and it, and it is, and it was, and, and then see here, I come out of it a month later and I have all this new stuff that I've been working on and cool ideas and like hope. And if we ever end up being a family with three kids, I'll be elated and I'll be especially excited to go through pregnancy and childbirth because that's really fun for me. I really enjoy it. I I might've said prior to this that like, yeah, Oh cool. Yeah. I'm good with, with, we have a third kid, but now I have gone through the process of like understanding having a third kid, like, like, I, I came to the full conclusion that like, okay, we're going to be one more in our family. Like and that acceptance happened before this happened. Yeah. You know, so I'm that much more ready to jump on. Like if you told me at the end of this podcast that guess what? I'm pregnant. Um, I'd just be like, sweet. Like I'm, I'm ready. ready Whereas before go. it was like, okay, yeah. cool. Like where, let's, where are we going to put them? Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> we only have two kids' bedrooms. The basement just doesn't seem like a good No, it's our podcast room space. For an infant. I'm not putting them down here. It's our <laughs> podcast space. <laughs> oh, but yeah, I don't know. There's all the logistics there. And it doesn't matter. I mean, just like idiocracy is why we decided to go yeah. for it. Because you figure it out as you go. And, and I was already figuring all those things out and feeling at peace with them yeah. at that time. So I'm, you know, just that much more ready to advance. And if we don't ever advance... Cool. I'm good. Yeah, I'm really good like, with who we have because I really, really, really love both of our kids. Oh, yeah. And, like, especially our older one, I feel closer to him than ever, and I'm really impressed by him. As he comes into more awareness, like, just the fact that he even cared about any of this shows good a sign of good character. It doesn't make his life easier in the moment because it's hard to feel real emotions, but it makes him a better person. Mm-hmm. I'm proud of him. So, folks, thanks for uh, listening to our um, our welcome back uh, podcast. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Thanks for for tuning in and listening to our uh, our story. 
Uh, hopefully it was uh, useful for some people and uh, entertaining at least. I don't know if entertaining is the right word, but mm. at least uh, uh, captivating and interesting. Thought-provoking. Thought-provoking. If any of you feel strongly about this subject or any of the subjects we talked about and you reach out to me, I, I really like hearing from people who listen to the podcast. So yeah. And honestly, I, I haven't thought of this till this moment. Maybe I'm overstepping. We can cut it out if, if you don't want to say it. But if anybody's like had a miscarriage... And they wanted to come on and talk to us about it. Like yeah. We'd, we'd love to talk about it. Um, if you want to talk about things, if you feel like there's stuff that we missed that we would want to get Which we out most there. certainly did. We missed stuff that we have talked yeah. about. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, uh, there's always more that could be said. Um, but, yeah, if you want to reach out to us, we really appreciate it. You know, you can get at me at Greener Postures on Instagram or Twitter. You can write Greener Postures at pm.me. You could uh, write The World As It Is Today at Proton Mail. Um, you can get Mr. Chud X indeed on, on Instagram. However, I am not the greatest internet. No, I mean, don't try to reach out to him. You could reach out to me and say, Hey, this is for Chud. And then I'll make sure he gets it. Or you could reach out to me and say something. And then if I remember, I'll forward it to Lanny and something might actually come from that. Instead of just being, you feel like I ignored you. Yeah. So he doesn't mean to. So I think I've responded to anyone who's ever gotten at me, but uh, it's not always quickly and stuff. So, yeah, I, I, I'm definitely a good one. So reach out or reach out if you want to come on the show or um, really people, if you're if you're getting into this idea of like being more self-sufficient, of doing more for yourself, of learning skills, starting where you are and building uh, your your knowledge and and your skills for things. I would absolutely love to have you come and be a part of the Greener Postures membership, because it's not just you paying me to give you extra content it's you you know supporting what i'm doing and being a part of this community yeah so the greener postures community um the telegram chat that we share people are doing such cool stuff and have awesome ideas stuff that i've not done things that i haven't thought about cliff he's freaking pickling quail eggs oh yeah he's not using vinegar he's doing it fermented that's like against all the rules and i really I like that he's breaking it. all the rules I love it. he's even worrying me and i'm like i'm gonna look into this further you know it's like <laughs> inspiring me to be excited and i want to pickle egg our chicken eggs in kvass so they turn purple on the outside and then they look real cool like like ombre looking faded <laughs> when you open them up i mean i just people doing cool stuff and then if you want to learn more you know home skills like sourdough and canning and other kinds of food preservation but do it with people like us you know i'm not advertising outside of the conspiracy community i'm Mm -hmm. i'm doing that on purpose because i don't want to invite normies into my group i want people who have open minds and can see this situation for what it is or at least explore it from all angles have open conversations not judge each other so this group that i have on telegram is really cool people having open discussions no one's saying you can't do that that way or that's breaking the rules Mm -hmm. it's everybody just like trying to do their best trying to do more than they did before different different starting places different skill levels different um geographic locations people with living in apartments people that are on homesteads all of us coming together to learn together and do more for ourselves. So I'd love to see you at the canning workshop if that's something that you're interested in. I'd love to see you in the membership. And the membership, you can find out more at greenerpostures.com slash membership. You can find out more on patreon.com slash greenerpostures. I set it up as a Patreon 
but I know that a lot of people aren't thrilled with supporting Patreon. And if you want to go directly through me, there is a workaround. You just have to email me and tell me what tier you want to be a part of. And I will give you the instructions on how to take care of it outside just through uh, Venmo or PayPal. Because I know Patreon, you know, if you're not signed up and you don't want to do it, then you don't have to. And uh, also speaking of Patreon, yeah, uh, I would like to plug Adam's new Patreon Please. for Deborah Gets Red Pilled. Because uh, if you're paying attention over there, Adam has changed up format a little bit, and he's doing uh, Deborah does the headlines, which is just him and Deborah uh, going over the headlines each week, uh, which have been incredibly entertaining, very informative, very awesome, well well done. But uh, with that, I have been put behind a paywall. Um, it's my first time uh, being behind a paywall that I know of, and uh, <laughs> know. you know it makes a lot of sense. You know, you give everybody what they kind of like, which is Deborah, but then you put the stuff they're willing to pay for behind the pay <laughs> behind the paywall. I which, did think he had it backwards. So, so which right now I don't know if it's up yet because I I haven't paid, so I I don't actually. Yeah, we won't actually get to I won't actually get to listen to it. But we did like an hour and a half on just talking about the movie The Wraith. It was fucking awesome. Uh, it's 1986 classic starring Charlie Sheen. I, I really feel like that's you in your element. I mean, yeah. just dissecting movies and, and talking about them. Like, you don't need any prompts. You don't need to look at a Wikipedia. You're like, you could yeah. go on that for like three hours. It's my, it's like my favorite thing to do. Yeah. So that was like really fun. It's like conspiracy free. I mean, I did manage to bring up Randall Carlson and, and uh, <laughs> water erosion and stuff like that with the landscape that's within the movie. But, <laughs> but still, it was just a really great time. Uh, and I hope that we continue doing that and some other cool stuff behind that paywall at uh, Deborah Gets Red Pilled on Patreon. Yeah, patreon.com slash Deborah Gets Red Pilled. And I'm not sure which tier you have to be a part of to be able to get this monthly movie thing, but the, each of his tiers are just a few bucks. So if, you, if you're not sure, you can DM Adam or uh, ask on the Telegram page, uh, Deborah Gets Red Pilled's Telegram. Uh, which you can find in the show notes of any of his podcasts. Yeah, and any other confusions, you can write me or Lanny, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll be confused right with you. No, we'll, we'll, point, <laughs> we'll point you in the right direction. We'll figure it out and help you out. Yep, yep. for sure. Well, um, oh, and I was on Rebunked with Scott Ar Armstrong, mm -hmm. and that was a really good talk. I enjoyed it very much. Yeah. So if you didn't don't if you don't listen to that or you haven't listened to that yet, you can check me out there. I listened back and I thought it was super pro. Thank you. Yeah, he's got a nice operation there. He does a good job there, Scott. Good, good guy. Yep. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. All right. Peace out.